Well, good morning, everyone. It is wonderful to be with you. My name is Sarah Jane Roop, and I'm a lay minister here. And uh, good morning to you online as well. And if you're new here, uh, just to let you know that we uh, are continuing our study of Jesus' teaching in the Sermon of the Mount. So Jesus was becoming really well known for his teaching and preaching and healing around Galilee. And the crowds were really amazed and astonished because he spoke with someone who had authority, because he knew what he was talking about. And Jesus has some really incredible things and challenging things to say to us about the character of God, his Father, and how we can live in a world that really doesn't understand the character of God at all. It is extraordinary, and maybe we take this for granted, that we can actually know God as our Father in heaven in a much more intimate way than was thought possible. Certainly, Jews did not think of God in that way at that time. A father in heaven who really understands and cares for us and our daily needs. Tom Wright describes the strong love of our heavenly father as enfolding us like a warm blanket in a cold winter, something which we might need in this uh, energy crisis. But Jesus teaches that faith in God must lead to righteous and holy living because the two go together. So we've been looking at how we can aim to be perfect as our Heavenly Father is perfect. And now we move on to looking at the usual expressions of religious life that were the cultural norm in, that, in those days. So that is giving and praying and fasting. And Jesus exposes the religious leaders of the day who were basing their lives on the wrong assumptions and expectations of their faith. So we're going to be looking at the spiritual discipline of giving as a way of honoring the Lord. So giving is good. It is good. It is so good because God is a generous God. So we give, but then God keeps on giving. We cannot outgive God. That is how his economy works. So giving helps to loosen that grip of materialism that it holds on us, and it helps us to trust in the promises of God to provide for our needs. Because Jesus says it is more blessed to give than to receive. So generosity is love in action. You cannot love without giving. Love gives. And we can show the world the character of God and to demonstrate his generosity by how we live. There's a story uh, from Christians in North Korea. So despite really meager rations, they decided to share the love of Jesus by sharing their holy rice with others, which you can imagine had such a powerful impact. Hebrews 13 says, do not neglect to do good and share what you have for such sacrifices are pleasing to God. And it is interesting that surveys show that often it is poorer people who are more generous in their giving probably because they know what it is to be like to be in need. 
And that is true even in Anglican parishes. So maybe as middle-class people, we should talk more about investing our resources to do good and uh, build God's kingdom. We might give more then. But our attempts to live a righteous life by generous giving do come with a warning. Verse 1 says, Beware of practicing your righteousness before others in order to be seen by them, because then you have no reward from your Father in heaven. So Jesus is saying, Take care of the motives that inspire religious acts, because they win the praise of people, so you might be doing them for the sake of that praise. So 1 Corinthians 13 talks about, if I give all I possess to the poor and give my body over to hardship that I may boast, but do not have love, I gain nothing. All our best efforts are not enough if we're hypocritical or boasting. So do we care what other people think? Well, I think we all care to some extent what people think, I certainly do. And of course, it would be a really unloving place if we didn't thank and praise and appreciate each other. But why do we do what we do? How strong is the motivation to be seen by others? And maybe culture has now enabled our love of praise to become even more prevalent. I mean, how about the likes on your phone? Does that give you a warm glow? Uh, Excuse me, I'm just going to check my phone now. Great. But Jesus warns us not to act like the hypocritical religious leaders. So hypocrisy is derived from the Greek term for actor, which literally means someone who wears a mask, someone who pretends to be what they are not. So these Pharisees, well, how did they they do their religious acts? They loved to blow their own trumpet, as it were, in the synagogues and in the streets. And the Lord says in Isaiah, these people, they come near to me with their lips and honor me with their, sorry, they come near with me with their mouths and they honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. So Jesus criticized the Pharisees who look good on the outside, but are full of wickedness and greed on the inside. So I'm just going to put my mask on. Oh, yes, that's so much better, a much better version of Sarah Jane. Yes, and I just want to tell you that I really care for the homeless in Winchester, and I give loads to the basic bank. And, you know, I really love all those late-night prayer meetings with the students because my spiritual life is so busy. So, as a hypocrite, I want to give you the impression that I care for the needy and that I'm a really good Christian. But really, that is just virtue signaling. So if my love for God is growing cold, then my love for giving for him grows cold. And then the love of getting can take over. Because I care about what you think of me, and I enjoy the buzz of praise from others. 
So you can do that afterwards. But doing kind things for selfish reasons, this is sin. So that's S-I-N. So that's where I is in the middle and I am in charge. And what is crazy about seeking the approval of people is that we might get the reward of people praised, but we lose out on the very thing that people think we have, which is a close relationship with Jesus. So our audience may be others, but it's actually also the audience of ourselves. I wonder if we're tempted towards self-satisfaction, maybe feeling quite smug about ourselves, pleased that we're well-regarded. And Ruth Valerio calls that therapeutic Christianity. There's no room for self-congratulation. Bonhoeffer said that if I feel that I'm doing well, that is self-righteousness. And self-improvement, bookshops are full of them, uh, make us feel good. But really, it's no good if it's just for me. I find that quite unsettling. Well, what about the rewards? Because actually, the hypocrites, they do receive their reward, but it's not from God. There's no reward from God. And that's the trouble with hypocrisy. It's self-interest. So when our hypocritical behavior receives admiration, we bask in that, that is the reward we get, because that's what we were after all along. But, you know, that is so fleeting. And people are fickle, aren't they? And quite unforgiving. But Jesus wants us to have so much more than the praise of people. Jesus doesn't say exactly what God's reward is, but you can be sure that nothing done for his glory will go unnoticed because he sees everything. And he says, seek first the kingdom of God, and all these things will be added to you. And the more we get to know God and his love for us, that is an amazing reward. I mean, along with the indwelling of the Holy Spirit and life in God's presence and eternal life. Well, the list, the list goes on. But Jesus wants us to be giving in secret. He wants our giving to please our Heavenly Father. So the best way of doing that is in secret. Do not know what your left hand and your right hand is doing. I mean, this is hyperbole, but Jesus is emphasizing the fact that an audience with God is enough publicity. And this is how we get joy, J-O-Y. That's Jesus, others, you. Loving Jesus first, having God's love for others, and then love for yourself. So our giving should be done by listening to God first. Our Heavenly Father has already generously given himself in his only Son, and all we have is from him anyway. We are God's stewards. Only before God and probably significant others. We should work out not whether to give, but how much and to whom. And we can be giving not just in terms of money, but our time and our listening to others, or using our talents 
to help people, being generous. So as a young Christian, I was taught that the Old Testament idea of tithe, of 10% of income, was a useful tool to think about. But really, that was a floor and not a ceiling of giving. And so giving to the church was important, but also giving to Christian charities where that was possible. But in 2 Corinthians, Paul talks about each person must decide in his heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. So that sounds more like a process as we learn how to trust God with our finances. And we need to balance that teaching on secrecy with the instruction to let your light shine. Jesus told us to get out there, to be light, show how faith affects living. And that very much includes what we do with our money. So I remember talking about giving to the church and tithing to a friend who then said, well, no one would give a tenth of their income away. I mean, how ridiculous would that be? So I had this opportunity to say, oh, well, we do. We're trusting in God. We're being countercultural. But I kept quiet because of this verse, because it says we do it in secret. So I don't, I don't think my friend would be impressed anyway. I think I'm completely mad. But... Or on just giving, do you give anonymously so no one can see who's given that money? But then, oh dear, then I can't leave a message. So it's not the keeping it secret that brings the reward. It's the motivation for self-congratulation. So do your giving, and then don't think about it too much, and just move on. But as Christians... We have the Holy Spirit living in us, who alone can make us perfect and holy, as our Heavenly Father is perfect and holy. So we do well to stay intimate with God in the quiet and on our own. In secret is how to guard against the desire for praise and affirmation. So our souls need that opportunity to feed off the love and affirmation of God rather than the distractions of daily life. And if that isn't happening, can I challenge you to be intentional about carving out some time? Maybe during Advent, look to make some time to be with God in secret, just you and him in secret, and reconnect with him. He is your father in heaven, but he's also living in our hearts. He knows us better than we know ourselves. And that is the relationship to work on. That when we have a personal audience with the king of heaven, that is joy. And that is where the source of our giving and our generosity comes from. So should we just pause pause for a minute and reflect on that?
Forgive us, Lord, for those acts of service which are for show. Our sin, where I am in charge in the middle. Give us the desire for joy to love you first, Lord Jesus, to love others, and to love ourselves in a way that pleases you. Lord, help us to give generously of our resources and ourselves in a way that glorifies you. And thank you that you are our great reward. <clears throat>